0: Welcome to the Raw Food Health Empowerment Podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Salmon, certified holistic health coach and author of You Can Afford to Be Healthy. And this podcast looks at a holistic approach to health from a multi-generational and multinational perspective of women of color. Okay, so on the blog, I have a list of the 10 documentaries for the newly health conscious folks out there if you're you know you're new to this lifestyle or you're interested in you know healthy eating clean eating um plant-based living uh go to this blog the link is in the show notes and there's a list of some great documentaries some of which we've mentioned on some of the earlier episodes um, one in particular, and of course, it's not in chronological order of importance, you could definitely peruse and see which one is most appealing to you to kind of go f- with first, and then move your way through there, like all of them are worth watching, as much as you can stomach some of them are really hard to get through. And you'll see I, I put some notes in there like I, I couldn't stomach even going through um, one of them in particular. Uh, That was pretty, pretty difficult. It was pretty horrific. Um, That's Dominion. Ma, you've never seen Dominion, right? Yeah, That movie, yeah. And all these movies too are on Netflix and are, or on YouTube to watch for free, or there might be a small cost. This one in particular, Simply Raw, Reversing Diabetes in 30 Days, um, is free on YouTube. And it's really worth watching because type two diabetes is reversible, and you need to set up your environment for success and have the mindset to want to do what's needed, which is eating clean. And you really get to see um, these people in, a, in an environment where they're really set up for success. But even with that, some people Choose to move forward, and some people decide it's too difficult. They'd rather continue destructive behaviors. It's easier, it's what they've always done. So you realize like even once you set up all this stuff, it's really what's happening in the mind and the decisions you make, and you know how important uh being alive and not suffering is you know for you. yeah, so it's really worth watching, especially with your family. And uh, speaking of diabetes, I wanted to read um, a little portion of a press release that came out in January, and it reads, poor social conditions caused by systemic racism contribute to health disparities in people with diabetes, according to a paper published in the Endocrine Society's Journal of Clinical Endocrinology and Metabolism. Minorities are disproportionately affected by diabetes because of poor social conditions that contribute to negative health outcomes such as poverty. Unsafe housing lack of access to healthy food and safe physical activity and inadequate employment and educational opportunities. These are known as the social determinants of health and are the result of residential racial segregation and a lack of economic investment in black communities. Unethical practices and experimentation in minority communities have also caused racial bias in our medical systems and a lack of trust between minority patient and healthcare providers. I'll have a link um, to this uh, press release in the show notes so you can find it once you um, click on the link under this episode and head over to the blog. But I wanted to discuss, Mom, in your opinion, like what do you think type two diabetes in this country would look like if we had universal basic income?
1: Well, a lot of doctors would, um, it would affect the doctors because to be honest with you, the medical, um, in the medical field, that's where they make their money on these diseases. It sounds funny, but it's true. It's the same thing like if, if, they, if they get to read cancer You know what I'm saying? It's a money-making thing. Let's put it out there. So um, I think if we could be able to eradicate uh, diabetes, it would, we'll have a healthier society. People would be less depressed because I think illnesses will cause people to be so depressed. You know, there's a lot,
0: yeah. Specifically as it regards, so my question is around like, universal basic income because in my in my view universal basic income has the potential to eradicate poverty yes right it doesn't remove racism from the system but once you eradicate poverty and give people some financial footing then based on these social determinants of health which you know coming out of the institute of integrative nutrition that teaches a holistic approach to health. They call it primary foods. And Mm -hmm. we had an episode too about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. These Maslow's hierarchy of needs, the primary foods, these are all the exact same thing as social determinants of health. It's basically saying the foods you eat is not the only determining factor for your longevity, right? Um, And so with, B- with the black community in particular and the poor and low income communities you know the 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 finances <laughs> is a huge determining factor and black communities are are black people are overrepresented overrepresented in low income communities so i'm thinking if we had universal basic income that would really at least i feel like um, you know, lower our type two diabetes rates at, at least. Yes.
1: And it also has to do with educating people about the diabetes also, because you have people who really, um, make a good salary to say, you know, like what's a good salary, but people really have a good income Mm -hmm. suffer with diabetes. So I think it's a lacking of education where that is concerned. Yeah. Yeah, people have to be educated on it. You know, like, you know, it's not like um, it's not like a quick fix thing, but it's just like how people study other things. They can study about diabetes and the things that cause it, and you know, cause we've been the the, the from we start the podcast, we've been on this subject from the beginning, and I mean, every channel you turn, everywhere you turn, people talking about diabetes. So I think if people pay close attention their body, not somebody else's body, their body, and know what to, to how to take care of themselves. When you've got onto the bottom line of it, it's the education. People have to educate themselves. Because even if you pay people more money, give them a bigger salary, they have to learn how to take care of their body.
0: Yeah. I think too that um, the stress of racism right racism in this country and and uh yeah racism in this country adds a level of chronic stress so like you're saying okay let's say everybody had money right everyone has a decent salary that they can take care of themselves and you still have some folks who are type 2 diabetic and yes we see that we have that in our family even right of of folks who you know, they're financially from the outside look like they should be fine, but they still have these health ailments because they are making improper food and lifestyle choices. And one of the things that I think, you know, contributes to this is um, stress. And the fact that food is really being used like a drug that is socially acceptable. And it's something you have to like you, we all have to eat, you know, every day. Some of us eat one time a day, some of us are eating three times a day. And that is socially acceptable. Going to the grocery store is socially acceptable. And we can use these foods that are, you know, chemically formulated to keep us addicted, sugar, salt, and fat um to self-medicate to kind of overcome stressors and and all of that you know anxiety and because we because for some reason we won't spend the money and the time to go to therapy to maybe deal with some issues or get the proper counseling to get to the root of the problem so we use the food to just kind of numb us you know yeah yeah So it kind of, it actually kind of reminds me, not that I'm endorsing him, um, but you know, Andrew Yang is running for mayor right now in New York City. And when he was running for president in the primaries on his agenda, he had universal basic income, right? He's been like the major proponent of that. But I think that he's talked about it enough where there are some other politicians who are in support of it. Um not enough people, obviously, or else we would have gotten it this whole pandemic, right because this this is the most opportune time for universal basic income yeah. but um but on his agenda, he also had something about like mental health, especially for whoever's gonna be president, like they need to do mental health checks um but like making that more accessible to all of Americans, you know, mental health because that I feel is a huge con- contributing factor to the, the misuse and abuse of foods, which yeah. leads to obesity and diabetes and all of that.
1: Because yeah. when you see somebody eating a certain way, after a certain age, especially, I can understand young kids because they don't really have a choice. Your parents bring this stuff in. But when you see somebody at a certain age go to the supermarket and you look into their cart, the first thing comes to your mind as a conscious person, that person is not well. Because you don't see nothing nutritious sitting in that cart. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I feel sorry for the children, but something wonderful happened during this new administration. I don't know if you've seen it, where they will be giving an allowance to per child up to a certain age, $300 a month. I am now, I will be going in the supermarket now, observing the carts then. As you oh, healthy, they put this stuff in the cart. Because children will eat what you give them to eat. Because they're under your supervision. You understand? Mm-hmm. They can't tell you Because when they're hungry, they're going to eat what you give them. And that's why God give them to us for us to take care of them, not them to take care of us. So we have to take care of them. So... I think um so Sam with everything it starts in the home where you the they have to educate your children and how to eat. The parents have to do that. Because the children can't grow uh, the children can educate the grown parents. It's not possible.
0: Right. I'm making a note to add a book. Uh I think it's Fat, Salt, Sugar, this book that we've been reading in self-care salon, right? um by Michael Moss and I'll have the link in the show notes so folks can refer to it and read because you mentioned children and how you know they don't have a choice or you know because the, the parents bring it in and in the book he talks about the difficult and I'm putting quotations the difficult uh position that parents are put in because Let's say the child, and it's for like different stages. So let's say um, <clears throat> the child is five and a five-year-old is watching. What, is, what are five-year-olds watching? They're watching Dora the Explorer. They're watching uh, Sesame Street, maybe, you know, like stuff like this, right? And Pepsi and Coca-Cola, they will pay Sesame Street to have, or the, or whatever the show, the PBS or whatever, to have but a commercial or to even have the product in the show. The, where the slot, they pay for it, yeah. Yeah, where, they, where they're in the show where the puppets are drinking the Pepsi or whatever. And they could be talking about healthy food and somehow they're still drinking the Pepsi b- because it's all like they, these companies have a plan and their this plan is-, is yes. They target the kids. And the, the reason why, even though the kids don't have the money to spend, they know what happens in the store is the kids will see the product that they've seen on the, the show and they will whine and yell and cry and complain to make sure that they leave with those items. Right? I don't take them to the store. I leave them home. So then the parent is like, do I do I look like a bad parent to the mm-hmm. public, you know, and not get my child this, you know? <laughs> so it's like they're being put in this situation where they're getting the pressure from the kids. But like you said, ultimately, they're the ones pulling out the money. You know what dog said to that child? Do you have money
1: to pay for this? You can't <laughs> pay for it. You can't get it. See, Sam, I believe in tough love. Maybe that's why I don't have no grandchildren around me. <laughs> because I do not let kids raise me. I raise children. Ooh, that's okay?
0: the word right there.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Because when you guys were small, yes, you 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 ask for things. And that's parents all over. You bring in a little treat for your kid. Because that's what mothers do. But you don't feed them on it. That's not their meal. Yeah. That's called a treat.
0: And even if, if, if folks are have done the 30-day raw vegan challenge, it's in there. Um and maybe we've talked about this on the podcast before, but I think it's important because especially children today, like these children today, they coming out the womb knowing how to hack into devices. Like they are they come smart. out
1: with a smart. They the smart.
0: <laughs> yeah. They have basically Google already in their head. So so I think it it's more advantageous, especially for the long term, to start educating them from the beginning. Like the the five-year-old comes, oh, I'm on Sesame Street, I see Coke, I'm in the store, I want Coke. Me now as the parent, I need to be educated, I need to be like, almost like a lawyer, right, and bring the case to my child, right, (laughs) and say, child, you know, I could get you this soda, right, because it doesn't cost much money, but because I love you, I prefer not to buy you foods that is gonna cause you to live a shorter life. Let me explain to you why I say that. This thing has so much sugar in it. This is basically just sugar and water. And what refined sugar does to you, XYZ, right? And make the kid, like even if if your child, what does your child love to do? They like to play games. You won't, you won't be able to play games because the sugar is gonna make you so out of your mind that you won't be able to really focus and enjoy these games, like make it like why make the argument for why they should care that they shouldn't want sugar, what happens to them like, like, you know, you could end up losing your limb. you know what I'm saying, whatever you think is appropriate, because I guess some some parents may not think it's appropriate to tell a five year old, you could lose limbs, or you could lose your leg, you know what I'm saying, but you're gonna, you're gonna have to educate yourself on why is refined sugar bad for you to explain to your child, You know, why? Because you love them. You're not buying this for them, you know, and once they're old enough to make the decision to have destructive substances in their body, then that's their choice. But since they're under your care and you love them and you're responsible for their health and longevity, you're not going to buy it. And once you, once children feel like you come to them almost like an equal and I know black parents don't like that <laughs> they're like no because I'm hearing Kirk Franklin in the news right now with the drama going on with his son is like his son is 34 33 he's like listen we I'm your father I'm not your equal you know and that is, that is black kids we understand this generally <laughs> but this,
1: you know what, this, you know what this black mother would do this this black mother yeah if I have a son like her, thank God let me first give God thanks but this uh, black mother, I would find another place, a residence, and that kid would never, never, never find me. That's not true. You wouldn't do it. This black mother, if I have a child that's disrespectful to me, like Kirk Franklin's son, believe me, Sam.
0: You really? would not, I don't believe that you would do that. Man,
1: you have a lot, you have a lot to know about. I mommy. know
0: you will say that, but I don't think I don't think you would, honestly, especially as a mother and knowing you how you are as a mother. <laughs> like I just I just don't see you doing that. I just really don't. You no, know
1: something just give God thanks that you're you and Chuck are beautiful children. Thank you.
0: <laughs> but you know what the point that I was making is once you talk to these kids. Like they're on your, like, you know, it, it kind of empowers them where they feel like um, they have agency in their life. You know, they feel almost you adult. Who the agency is in their life?
1: Huh? You know who the agency is in their life? Who? The government. The government. You know something? It has a <laughs> lot to do. The kids have a lot of destruction. Have you ever been to an emergency room in this country? A hospital? yeah. In the emergency room, they have a little section where the kid crying wants something to drink, they can go to the soda machine. Now, you tell me, this emergency room where those things cause people to end up in the hospital, but then they have people having their kids drinking those things in the hospital. The first time I see that, I was like, dear God, is this really happening? I was shocked. The emergency room.
0: Well, they want returning customers. And I think...
1: (laughs) What about you in the emergency room and you need some water? You get a bottle of water, you get some juice, a box juice, well, not even the box juice, because that's filled with sugar. Yeah. That's sugar and water. But uh, it, the children is under a lot of peer pressure. They have mothers, they have parents that's very soft. And I know some parents who, who very tough on their kids, but they have some very soft parents. And so once the kids do the shopping for them, they don't shop. They have the kids <laughs> up the shelf and putting stuff in the cart.
0: Right. right. And I, I saw, I saw you sent me a picture too of the of a little child with one of those little kitty carts, and I think I think it's a great opportunity to educate, like, cause the cause kids are playing house, they're playing shopping, they're playing business owner, they're imagining all of these things in the adult world, and what they could do. Is the right time, yes, that is the
1: right time to teach them how to shop. You take all your your food pyramid what how you think your child should eat and tell them this is where you start from you take this from the top and put it down here that show them how to show
0: so actually the food pyramid is back in your day ma now we have the usda my plate remember because michelle obama came into office (laughs) right so she she was on that whole thing and there's been some documentaries too about how that whole thing went down and we talked about it how basically the soda companies and the junk food companies and you know, the whole sugar industry basically came to the table and was like, how can we support you? Because their intention is, we're going to make sure this helps us and doesn't hurt us, right? Because money is always at play. But anyway, now we have the USDA my plate, and there is a healthier version of that, and I have it. There's a healthier version and an Afrocentric version, in the uh, Raw Food Health Empowerment Circle Facebook group. So if you want to get your hands on that, make sure to click on the link in the show notes to get that. This is really the starting point, you know, to like educate yourself, but also have some graphics and things that are fun, maybe in the home. and, And when you go grocery shopping, it's like a whole educational experience for your child to set them up for success in the future. And I don't think even just food, like we're talking about food, but even as we're talking about these other things about uh, social determinants of health, finances, like the budget. Okay, so we're going to the grocery store. This is our shopping list. And this is the budget we have to go shopping. Let me explain to you what a budget is. You know, how do you, because I know some people and I'm not one of them, who, know, you're one of those people, who know how much a bag of rice costs, who know how much a loaf of bread costs. Like, like if I asked you what cashew, what almond butter is going for right now, you would be able to tell me, you know?
1: $14 for one pound of the raw one. Yes. Like $9.99 for the, the processed one.
0: And how much is kale in your neighborhood?
1: Um, Various. Because when I buy kale, I buy it in a big package. So it's like $9, you know?
0: Right. Now, if you were to ask me how much I spent on the kale in my fridge, I could not tell you <laughs> because well, I, I, I'm like my dad in that way. Like I never look at prices, but you, I know folks like you, even folks younger than me, who know how much all of these things cost that they're buying, you know? And there is value to that. For me, I, I look at, like, I budget, right? But I look at things kind of high level and I allow uh, food to be this kind of amorphous thing because I just feel like food is just, food is so my thing that I don't want to limit myself, but everything else, <laughs> okay. But um, having having some kind of concept of like money is a uh. uh a limited resource it's a valuable one in our society and we need to be really cautious and conscientious of how we are spending this money and you know so it's like a whole educational experience you know yeah, going shopping
1: is, yes it is
0: and and we have to be conscious when
1: we are shopping so this is all you you get your money's worth you make sure you buy something that's healthy don't buy things that's already processed because it's, so, it's so broken down it's nothing it just, it's just filled you up with a whole bunch of calories. You want good calories. You want good fat in your body, you know? Mm-hmm. Take for example, I'm, you know, I'm just putting this out there because that's some of the things that people can do with their kids. Like somebody will love apples. I bought some organic apples. They taste like just organic water, right? Because there's nothing, no taste to it. So I was sitting down and I said, but I'm hungry and apple is what I'm going to have for lunch. I had two apples. So you know what I did? I put peanut butter on it and I was having a feast. I didn't want it to finish. Those are things that children have to be introduced to. Good fats and fruits. Mm-hmm. So you're going shopping, those are essential in your cart. You know
0: what I'm saying? Yeah. I like that. Good fats and fruits, some nice alliteration right there. <laughs> fats and fruits. Yes. And you yeah. know, one of the um uh, we're we're in the self care salon. We're doing the uh, get active, stay active uh, challenge, right? <clears throat> and one okay. of the things that the, this press release talked about was having safe spaces to be active. That's one of the social determinants of health. So I was wondering, like, you know, New York right now, there's a few mayors running, right? <laughs> Eric Adams is a great contender. And yes, I do endorse that one. Um, Eric Adams for mayor. Um, I got I to
1: research him.
0: Yes. Eric Adams wrote a book. I mean, he is vegan because he had a health scare. Uh,
1: but you're not doing that because you're not because he's a I vegan. Think,
0: I think it's important to have folks with a health agenda on in office because we don't have a culture of health in this country because money seems to run everything except for health and like you know instead of instead of health
1: this is why we'll never read diseases exactly
0: everything right because if we had health on the agenda from like true health like preventative health right like now eric adams has this firsthand experience right um, if we had that, this pandemic would have looked a lot differently, right? It would have looked a lot differently, you know? So this is a huge part, Um the fact that there's other elements to his agenda and his campaign that are great. And so folks really need to vote on what's the high priority for them. I know where my priorities lie and that's how I vote. <laughs> so Eric Adams gets my vote. While I do appreciate Andrew Yang bringing to the conversation universal basic income. And this, this conversation needs to be you know, had like oh, yeah. on a regular basis.
1: You have to pray for him, and we have to pray hard for him because with the situation that's going on now, it's it's gonna be a big problem for him.
0: Andrew Yang?
1: Yes, it's gonna be a big problem with with what happened to the um.
0: Honestly, I think progr- I think in terms of like progressives and the Democratic Party, what's going on now may help help him even more. So, to be honest, well, we do hope so. We do hope so, but um. I'm rooting kidding. for Eric Adams, but you know. Um, but he needs to continue to talk, you know, like set up a nonprofit or something and just continue to keep pushing this until America gets comfortable with the idea of universal basic income. But you have all these people running for mayor. What could your local elected officials do to make your area? feel safer to exercise outside? I mean, how do you feel about that? Do you feel like... Well,
1: let, me, let me stress on Queens Village, where I live. Yeah. Try their very best and see if they can get rid of the guns in the area. We have so much shooting around here that I love to walk, especially in the springtime. I love to walk and look at people's garden. I see how beautiful they, you know, I love nature. I walk for nature. I walk just to see nature. And it kills me to know that I can't do that no more because I'd have to learn how to dodge a gunshot. I'm telling you, it's getting very, very bad. I'm only speaking for this area, but it's all over. Yeah. But for my area, this is, I'm going to sit down and see if I can write a letter to my congressperson and see what they could do about it. Give them my concern. Because see, I've never spent so much time, like I've never installed this citizen app on my phone before, but know that every minute something goes up and it's always somebody getting shot in the area. And it's in the area where we're war. It's,
0: so now- I'm. I'm glad you mentioned that too, because I feel like it's good to be cautious about what's going on in your area. But I find that citizen app, with its many, no- like you never get notifications about positive news and no, positivity. Don't. It's, it's always something happening because that's the purpose of the app. Layer that on top of the fact that we are in a pandemic, which is pretty traumatic. And all you have now with people is chronic stress. But well, let me tell
1: you where it helped me, Sam. Citizens have helped a lot of people and they'll tell you, I was about to go out the other day and a, a, a notice came in, something happened in the era where I was going that took care of that (laughs) because i don't like those kind of excitement you understand right right but um they need to do something too with all the crimes that are going on because people don't feel safe no more you know we have a beautiful park across where we live you can't go over there and sit now i would never sit over there why because i think somebody just shoot somebody for the heck of it the guy who went and shoot up those eight people He should because he has a problem. I don't know how much people walking outside there of a problem.
0: And that's that's where the mental uh help for folks, you know, really comes. Wait until somebody
1: does something. But this is where family comes in again. If you know somebody that is suffering with mental problems, talk a lot to them, communicate with them, see where their mind is at. Don't just push them aside because you push them aside, you could be putting your your life on the line too, you know. Yeah. Communication. Communication is the key to success in all kind of situations. Yeah, yeah. And and this this um uh virus caused a lot of people not to communicate because people isolate themselves. They don't know what it's like not to hold conversation with people.
0: I know, um, as an introvert and a millennial uh, with social anxiety, <laughs> I, already, I already, you know, struggles with that. And um, I understand completely, you know, there's many things, but it's like, I, I find that challenges are opportunities, right? So even though I have all these things, I check all these boxes, I still do the work to to get myself to where I want to be, which is to be able to, you know, have eloquent conversations with folks that I don't know um, without um, struggling to find something to talk about, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or or saying something that is completely inappropriate. I don't think I, I typically say really inappropriate things to strangers, but I do get maybe too real for folks you know who aren't (laughs) who don't know me yet uh to uh probably understand it's not coming from a necessarily a judgmental place but just me trying to understand them and feel emotionally safe with them like i i you know i tend to question people's values and perspectives and things so anyway learning how to you know temper that a little bit but yeah that's why I've I've been totally in my comfort zone with this shelter in place situation. When we get back,
1: I don't have a problem with it.
0: Yeah, when we get back to you know I, that all of that was gonna be you know
1: before this come to play. I have to work was, on it. I was the type of person who embraced, hug, kiss, do everything a lot. <laughs> so I think I did so much in my complete life that if I don't have to have a hug another human being again, I'm fine with it.
0: Oh wow mm-hmm that's a change
1: no I'm just telling you how I feel because see I wasn't looking at that you understand what I'm saying like you know I, I give enough I give I have a lot more to give but if the receiver is not out there because of what's going on I can understand you know yeah I always do this when I speak to people because <laughs> that's the news <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, and, and I think that, I think that, um, like I personally feel like if somebody call, I'll allow them to talk as people that it helps them to get rid of what's going on. It's like reading a book, but yeah. you're not, you know, not loud. You're, you just, your eyes going. This is how I deal with people. Sometimes people sometimes said to me, are you still there? I say, yes, yeah, sweetheart. I'm listening.
0: Right. Active listening. That's why once in a while it's good to go. Mm-hmm you know, something to give them the hint that you are engaged in listening and not somewhere else mentally. Exactly. Yeah, but those are really good, you know, like just holding space for people, honestly, it does so much, like literally, you know, folks could be in depression, but just to be able to like unload on someone and have them receive it without trying to fix it, without judgment, could be Mm -hmm. enough to lift that person out of that shadow you know
1: true because we become a judgmental society like you know you see somebody the first thing you do you judge the person and then when you hear the person's story you feel so bad yeah so you're actually putting pressure on
0: yourself you know for the for the folks who identify as judges though i want to say you know be really kind to yourself because This judgment, like you always say, the human condition, it is in our human condition and it's there to protect us. Because if we didn't, if we didn't utilize judgment, we could die, you know, (laughs) we could die, we could get hurt and even emotionally you could get hurt. But, but you have to, the, the opportunity is to, um, is to exercise discernment. Right. When is the right uh, time and place to be judgmental, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just be kind to yourself. And Ma, I want to ask, since we, since, you know, this is a really great time, like folks in New York need to be aware of all the people who have interest to run for, to be mayor, Right. I know folks who are actively running and they're not yet, they haven't yet done what they need to do to to get on the ballot. So there's, but there's a good amount of people. So from your perspective as a New Yorker, what economic investments are needed in your community? Do you feel like since we've talked about all of these different things that plays into the health of a community, the health of a person, right? What economic investments do you think are needed?
1: we need more health food stores we need good healthy supermarkets we need less chinese restaurants Ooh, we need-
0: wait <laughs> <laughs> we're getting too real up in here wait 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 <laughs> oh but i'm just telling you from my i point know here. because this is the thing right we, we talked need- about like- this less liquor store less liquor stores for sure we've talked about this on the show so many times
1: times and now
0: now we we need less gun in our community right right when when it comes to um anything regarding asian folks right now the conversation it, like, yeah, like people are losing jobs and positions because they didn't, you know what I'm saying? They didn't do certain things or say certain things right or fast enough or whatever. And I know we've talked about this a lot and coming from New York, in the Black community in New York, like anywhere, any of the boroughs, there there is... Um, tensions between black and 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 the asian communities because they set up shop in those communities don't hire the people in those communities and yes they're not um the you have the chinese food stores right some of the bodegas or what the corner stores or whatever are run by um asian families or whatever which is fine they're they're bringing healthy foods to the communities but when they bring in the Chinese food that have the MSG, or now they're saying they don't have the MSG or whatever, but it's full of salt, saturated fat, and all these things. I mean, they they should be just as responsible as the McDonald's and the the Popeyes and the Kentucky Fried Chickens and, you know what I'm saying?
1: Yes, they do hire uh, minority people, but they will not hire Blacks. They They will hire Indian and Spanish people, but no black. They even put them to handle the money, but no black. No, I want to get down to the grassroots of this and ask why. Because don't judge us all and think all black people are the same. We are not the same. In every culture, you have good, bad, and indifference. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I don't like to see things like that. And we want to live in unity and love The, the unity that we need right now is for everybody to unite together like one people, yeah. you know? <clears throat> I remember when I had my business, I had all people from different walks of life into my business. The only person I didn't have is a Chinese because they never come in and ask for a job. I have Colombian, I have African, I have pe- Spanish, Indian, Jamaican of the West Indian country and I, I mean I could give you a list of people, but the Chinese never come in ask for a job because they don't I don't think they think they can work for black people vice versa, so there is something that is wrong right there but guess you what. It's a it's very sad what happened for one person to go in and shoot eight people, I think the eight people died
0: right. I'm not sure.
1: Well, six of them was Chinese. Eight people got shot. I think it's very, very sad. I don't care who did it or who it was done to. But you know what it remind me of? The church, when the guy went to the church and shoot up those people. Right. It's very sad. It's a very sad situation. So they need to get rid of these guns out of these mentally sick people's hands.
0: And I would, I would say that um, racism is a mental illness. No, it is a mental illness. And it's pervasive in this country. And it's not just white people that have that, which is the point of why I'm highlighting this, is that, you know, there's not enough conversation about racism within communities of color and how it affects, like, you know, we've been talking about, you know, Black economics and closing the racial wealth gap. And it's like, you know, I know being, you know, born and raised in Queens, what the dynamic of what's happening there. You know and 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 specifically between Asian and black communities and this anti blackness and the uh that community, the Asian community, from my perspective uh you know they come into this country as immigrants and feel like they have to choose a side you know the country forces them I guess to choose a side and they choose the side of oppression, you know. And, but then they extract resources from the black community. And we, we come at, you know, white, you know, white supremacist culture and like white people doing this, but like, we really need to be real about the dynamics of what's happening in our communities. And it's not just white people. You know what I'm saying? Um, No,
1: they put up business in the community. Okay. And and I'm not, this is not even the time to discuss them. So I won't even say what I'm going to say. But let me just finish this little part. They put a business in the community, but they do not live there. Yeah, and this is sad because you're not, ho ho, you you're not building the community. You're taking away from the community.
0: So I would I would add to that that in terms of the economic investments needed, I know Eric Adams has a plan, and I'm pretty sure all the people running for mayor are creating plans to combat um, anti-Asian hate. You know, and like all of this that's coming out of the pandemic, which is just crazy, you know. Um, but part of that has to be some truth and reconciliation, because we we talked about last year, like there needs to be a reconciliation between um, white America and <laughs> and Black America, and also native Native people, you know, who have been severely like hurt, especially when you when you talk about health you know, the impacts of the disenfranchisement and attacks on their community, how it's impacted their health and health yeah. outcomes has been even in some aspects even greater than Black, um, Black Americans or Black people living in this country. There needs to be a reconciliation to get us through uh, this time so we can have racial healing, but it, it also needs to happen among racial groups, because that's what white supremacy has done. It has created um, this culture of hate actually
1: among
0: yeah. people of color, you yeah. know, and this anti-blackness and all this stuff. And so that also needs to be a part of that plan. Right. And um, also when we talk about economic investments, you talk about people now from the community coming in and extracting resources, mm-hmm. supporting the residents there to create these health food stores you know supporting like how do you encourage folks in the community that are into healthy eating to actually open a health food store to sell organic food uh, vegan foods herbal supplements and things like that how do you encourage that which the mayor definitely has the capacity to do
1: and I would like them, I would like to see more people live in the community to become business people. And these are people who live in the community, that's how you build your community. That's how you're going to, you remember when you have the mom and pop store, people can't recognize people by their name and their faces. This is why you have so much rubber, because people not communicating with people. You know what I'm saying? They don't, I'm not. You know, it's not like I'm I'm telling them it's okay to rob. It's not okay to rob because people work so hard. And these people that they're robbing, they're hardworking people. Like I've never seen a harder set of working people than Chinese. Sam. Trust me, they're hardworking people. I used to have this Chinese mailman at my business place. And I tell you, I look up to him every day. He's a man of honor. God bless him. I think he's dead now. Work so hard. You know, so it, it's sad. I don't like to see it. It hurt my
0: heart. Yeah. Yeah, that's the the sickness of America's racism Mm -hmm. was exported. And so when you have folks from countries like China or even Mexico coming in, they not everybody, of course, but um, there are groups of them coming from these countries with this anti-Blackness mentality because they have also been indoctrinated, you know, by the racism of America. You know, because America's media has been exported for, for so long. And America is looked upon as like the global trendsetter for all things culture, like our movies, our music, our our fashion. Yeah, they're, like, they're, you know.
1: These, these people were already briefed by the, the racist people before they even come to this country, how to right. treat people. And that's sad. And this stuff been going on over 400 years. Which, now, is, so.
0: which is why I have been emailing um, my uh, senators and Congress people And telling them, we need to do something with our um, immigration policy that includes education, real education, about the racial history of this country. Because I think once the actual, like, real education, like reading the color of law, the color of money, understanding how Black people have been disenfranchised um, in uh, real estate, in business, in finances, like like why we have kind of like this racial caste system going on,
1: right. you know?
0: Um, there's even a book that I heard was really interesting, How the Irish Became White, I think it's called, um, which I haven't read, but I've, I've heard some folks talk about What's it. The Irish Became White? Yeah. What's there's a whole there? history, because there's a history of white Europeans that came to this country that were looked down upon by white Americans. But what color were Irish before? Green? But that's what I'm saying, Ma. White is a is a is a concept. There's white as a concept. You could be European, but there was a time when being European did not equate to white, right? Be so those Irish were basically treated just like blacks in this country. It's kind Until, of true
1: because they have, they, they have faces like Black people. They have cheekbones like Black but people. But it's
0: not even about looks. It's about, um, because racism is not a real thing. It's a, it's a social construct that was actually created in order to justify the inhumane practices that was being inflicted on a group of people right? And if you look at our history, there are white Europeans that came here and were treated basically on the same level as Black people until that changed. And then they became from, they went from being the oppressed to the oppressor, the harasser, antagonizer, you know, and this is, this is the sickness of this country where these immigrants come in and they're being forced to choose a side. You either be the bully or you get bullied. You understand? So, there needs to be an unlearning when mm-hmm. when when people come in and they, they they're working to become citizens there has to be an education or else you just have the perpetuation of racism
1: Or you, you know? have to be well learned you have to be learned and you this is why i say everything starts at home you know this thing this podcast could go on until tomorrow <laughs> because the more you say something is the more something coming up i want to watch a good movie last night and i watch a christian movie and it talk about evolution and chris and and Christianity, so in if people try to force things upon people, you understand, but if you're a person who is well learned and you're studying, you study and you try to see um, uh, to get knowledge about things at an early stage in life you, you you cannot nobody can spin you around and turn you into a fool because <laughs> you have the facts already, you know what I mean yeah. Because I look at myself, I don't look like something that was evolved. I I didn't ev- I came from my mother's womb. I didn't just evolve. I didn't just come up out of the earth or whatever. You know, so people have to be educated. Put it that way. Too much people writing books and putting out stuff out there today that is not true. You know what I mean? I'm
0: just saying. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. Mic drop.
1: As my pastor would say, one for the Father, one for the Son, and one for the Holy Ghost, and I'm done. (laughs)